Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Tara Reid, CEO of Banyan Gold, a gold exploration story in the Yukon. Not another one I hear you cry, but this one's slightly different, and the management team are quite impressive. Spoke with Tara at length about their um, journey over the last two or three years, the business plans which they are uh, putting in place to allow them to be slightly more agile in what is a slightly uncertain marketplace. We look at their uh, cash, what they're going to be doing with it between now and September and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Tara, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and telling us uh, a story which is new to us, new to our followers. You've had an extraordinary couple of weeks, so we were kind of keen to lift the boot up and sort of see what's what's been happening. But first of all, if you don't mind, can you kick off with a sort of one minute overview for people new to the story and then we, we can pick it up from there. So Banyan is a gold explorer focused on the Yukon. We have two primary projects there. Our current focus is our Ormac property where we just announced a 900,000 ounce inferred gold resource, which is you know, right on surface, near surface, potentially open pit, heap leach mineable. And then we have a second project down in Southeast Yukon where we already have over 236,000 in the indicated category of gold resources and uh, 288 inferred. So two, what we believe are multi-million ounce potential projects and, and we're adding ounces with the drill bit. Fantastic, nice summary. Okay, we're gonna get into that in a second, but um, I always try and understand the, the management team's thinking. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what it was that they set out to do in the first place. So when you came into the company, what were you trying to be? So when we came in, when I became CEO, that was in 2016. Um, you know, the, the focus of the company before that, when I was on the board, was really just on on expanding the Highland project. Um, you know, I, I thought the market was, you know, not really ready for us to take the Highland project to the next uh, level. And I also knew about other projects in the Yukon. I've spent most of my career in the Yukon, and I think it's tremendously underexplored. There's lots of properties that were available. I set my sights on uh, the McQuiston property, which then was held by Alexco. Uh, I knew about it from uh, some of the material which a prospector had taken out some two ounce plus material right from surface just with an excavator. and. Um, I knew about it. My, my family actually had the placer claims underneath it. Uh, so I knew the gravels had uh, gold in it. So that's usually a good indication that there's something in the, the hard rock. Uh, right beside it was another property called the Oryx property, which was held by Victoria Gold. And neither company was going to do work on this property uh, because why would you do work and increase the, the value of your competitor on the other side? The mineralization was right along the property boundary. Uh, so I set out to do an option deal on that. I thought it would really allow us to add value. It was in a jurisdiction right near Victoria Gold's Eagle Mine, right near Alexco, which, you know, is our huge district scale mineralization. So I thought that was a great opportunity and something that we could do at a little bit lower cost and really add value during the times when it was a little bit harder to raise capital. Okay, but talk to me about that because, you know, around 2016, you saw a massive uptick in your share price, probably, you know, roughly where you are today, actually. And then a sort of slow decline from the sort of mid-17 through to, you know, where you were even as recently as April, right? As recently mm-hmm. as that. So you've switched the strategy, but timing wasn't exactly on your side there, it, it, it looks like, because the market did not respond to that change of strategy. I mean, what, what was going on in your head at that time? 
Well, you know, the, we, we had a couple challenges. We did go out and do some more work at Highland and um, we put out a new resource in the spring of 2018. I don't think it hit the mark. The, the market was expecting more, um, which, you know, it's fair. Uh, and then we started really focusing on ORMAC and it's taken a while to for people to believe that we had something there to show that it was large enough, that it had potential. And, and you know, really we didn't start marketing and telling our story until we had this new initial resource. So we had some benchmark on, on valuation and we could say to shareholders, look, we told you we were aiming for $750,000 in the fall of 2019, uh, or 750,000 ounces at ORMAC. Uh, we set out to drill it and we sh we delivered that for shareholders. So I think we're getting rewarded for doing what we said we were going to do and that our geological model actually held out. We knew what we were doing. We spent the time doing our homework. Uh, when we acquired that property, there'd been something like 16 different geologists and 35 rock types or something like that. So, you know, it took a lot of, of patience and diligence going through the old records, de developing a model that worked, going out drill testing it with small programs. And then by last fall, we were able to really hit it hard and, and show that our model works. So I think we validated our technical team. We've shown that we can spend shareholders dollars well. We delivered that, or that resource for less than $2 an ounce in exploration cost. Uh, and we, th we think we've demonstrated that there's a lot more there. Uh, and so that's why we're getting rewarded in the market is people saw we delivered on what we said we were going to do and we, we spent shareholders dollars well. Yeah, I think I think you possibly been proved right in the last two months, but it, it, that must have been a sort of very frustrating period for all concerned, you know, because you were having to segue from one strategy, perhaps which you've inherited at the, at the time. So, what, so what's happened with that project? Has that, has that been offloaded or is that still in the background somewhere? You know, I, I think the Highland project has lots of opportunity. Uh, and with the changing gold market and with Victoria Gold coming online, it's really changed. We, our previous strategy was we were looking to option or joint venture it um, to op offload it. But, you know, given what's happening out there in the market that we already have half a million ounces at 0.85 with very rapid oxide recoveries, 86%. Um, we're looking at a few different scenarios to to market that. You know, it could be its own small scale producer with its own heat bleach pad. Uh, somebody might even want to, you know, put in a pad, ship the carbon to Eagle and process it. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, we're, we're looking at what the majors are doing with some of the new technology with sulfides uh, and some of the advanced oxidation type techniques. And really, there might be an opportunity there. And we know the sulfide goes at depth and the grade gets better. We've never chased it because we were focused on that near surface oxide, which we knew would recover. Uh, but I think in this gold market, that's a story that's going to, um, you know, have its own time to tell it. We're patient because we have no obligations. Our holding costs are really low. We own it 100%. So uh, I think it's a just a hedge on gold. And you know, I think we're developing a little bit into a project generator where we now have two projects, which we can continue to really de-risk, add value. Uh, our team knows how to do that. And we're open to all options, whatever gets the most value for our shareholders. You know, I'm a 6% shareholder, which I purchased in the market and in financings ever since I became CEO in, in particular. Um, and so I want to make money through the share price. So I'm aligned with my shareholders. And if the best option is to sell one of our projects or for Banyan to get taken out or for you know us to advance the property to the point where another CEO should take over, that's what should happen. And I'm not going to stand in the way of, of generating value. Okay. Understand, and I think that's that would that's normal. But let, let me let me just deal with the, with the pieces. So Highlands yeah. is are you attributing and timing's that wonderful, right? So timing's everything. 
So back then, it didn't work. It, it was not the market yeah. for it. But you've, you're hanging on to it because you think perhaps this environment or the coming environment, which I think you, I'm, I'm hearing you think will be positive um, for gold, mm-hmm. um, you think that potentially you could attribute some kind of value to it. Are you, are you attributing any value to it now in your balance sheet? Uh, we do, but I don't think the market does. I think our new valuation, you know, our current valuation is about $15 an ounce for both projects. So, uh, and before before we put out ORMAC, we were rated at $15 per ounce. Um, our market cap was lower, but now I think we're rated at $15 an ounce. So, you know, maybe we're getting a little value for ORMAC. And, and we haven't been highlighting Highland or talking about it as much because I think the real story is Ormac because we're right beside Victoria Gold's Eagle, right beside Alexco, so and they're both in our share register, so no, that's I, I, important. I hear you, and I do want to talk about it, but I just want to say again, for the sake of you know either long holding shareholders or people who just because you've, you've traded a lot of shares in the last couple of weeks, it's been pretty exciting. Yeah. I want to want them to be able to say, well, look, we we should or should not attribute value to that, whether whether it's on your balance sheet or whatever number, should they. Yeah be looking to this as some kind of a creative value given the current market or are we let's just park that and it may or may not be worth something at some point and let's get focused on what we've got today which is you know obviously you've, you've, you've spending your time money and effort on so I, I, what would you say to people we're not going to spend any money we've got no we've got no obligations there we're, we're just going to park it up for now if conversations if people come knocking we will have conversations uh, otherwise, don't worry about it. I think you should attribute some value to it. I think it has multi-million ounce potential. I think the main zone alone, you can see that there's the potential for a million ounces. It's, and that's only half a kilometer squared where that resource is located. We have 186 square kilometers. So it is it is definitely has value for us and we will get back to it. Uh, but right now, particularly with COVID, we're gonna focus our efforts in one location, stay very, very focused protect ourselves with a bit of a bubble around our exploration crew, know we can operate rather than divide our efforts and our money and and take the risk that we have two projects. So for this year, I think it's an important strategy, but next year, you know, in the right gold market in the strong gold market, we could very easily be drilling both and and we'd be prepared at that point too. We'd have the team ready. Um, I don't want to go out there and do something not well. We spent a lot of time developing our targets out there. Um, You know, we have the main zone, but we also have the cousin, the Montrose Ridge. We know there's near surface gold up to 4.4 grams. Uh, We think we have 18 kilometers out there's trend, but we don't want to go out there and spend shareholders dollars inefficiently. Um, And and we we think we're going to get way more value delivering ounces at ORMAC. Uh, and that's really what's going to give our shareholders uh, a lift. And, you know, I'm a gold bug. I believe that August and September, we're going to see higher gold prices and a lot of interest. Um, right now, you know, the 50 million shares we've traded over the last two and a half weeks have been trading into some very strong hands, people that are knowledgeable in this business. And eventually, I think the retail sector is going to say, hey, what's going on? Um, you know, what's happened with all these gold stocks that have been going up? And, you know, we've seen some of the re-rate in the majors and the mid-tiers and it's a natural progression that the explorers will be next. When that is exactly, I don't know, but my prediction is is fall. Okay, Highlands, no no time, money attributed to that. We, you're going to focus on one, which which is great. When you've got, well, how much money have you got today? So this morning, I think we had 1.1, and we've got a bunch of warrants that uh, people have indicated that they're exercising. We have warrants at seven and a half, nine, and fifteen. Some of the fifteens have been exercised, and. 
I, I don't know the total tally, but I think it's another 300-ish plus that'll be coming in in the next week from the ones that have, have expressed today okay. that they're exercising. Okay, and um, if, I, if I look at the share price, because you know, Name a Game is making, making money on, on the share. So you announced the resource back in May? Very May 25th. Very well received by the market, so you know quite a big uptick from you know five six cents up to twelve. You've also seen in the last well few days another uptick. I mean, what, what what's happened there? there? Has there been news, or you've just been busy? I've been busy talking to people about it and reminding them where we are, what we have, um, talking to some some people in the business, and you know many people are still not putting their clients into into junior exploration, but they're taking positions themselves. So and we've seen some very large, you know, 50 million shares is a, an exceptional volume for two and a half weeks. It's extraordinary, so. given you've got 130 million. It's extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> well, and look at what's held by insiders and, and Alexco, exactly. Victoria and Cisco and Sprott, you know, they're, they're not going anywhere. Um, so so that really doesn't leave a whole lot left to, to change hands. It'll be interesting to see what that registry looks like at the, at the end of the month. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to this money. What are you going to do with it? You've got one point, potentially 1.3, 1.4. I guess overheads are low. You're trying to put as much on the ground as possible, but could you break that down for us? So we've announced a 1500 meter drill program. Um, you know, our overhead is very low. So, um, you know, the majority of the money that's coming in with war from warrants will go into the ground. We actually expect there's another 1.6 or so million that might come in from the rest of the warrants if they all were to come in. We can accelerate the nine cent warrants if we're over 15 cents for 20 days and the 15 cent warrants expire mid-July. So um, I think we'll be potentially seeing more of that money come in. Uh, over the next couple of months. And that'll really, that'll tide us all the way through, through September uh, with a, a, an upsized drill program. I can't tell you what it is yet because I don't know what the final number is, you know, until they're actually exercised and the money's in the bank, uh, we're not gonna gonna plan for it. But, you know, we, we have uh, done a lot of work on our modeling. We'd have no problem drilling 10,000 meters this year. We can drill well into the fall because we have infrastructure on ORMAC, you know, that government maintained highway goes right between or uh, the airstrip and the power line. We stay at Alexco's camp, so we have all-season camp. We've got Victoria Gold's access road going right beside the airstrip deposit. We even have cell phone service at the drill, which is good and bad. It's the first time I've ever had that. So that really lets us uh, um, drill pretty late in the season. We were out at Ormac till December 1st, because last year we raised that money in September and mid-October. So we drilled all through November and, and really wrapped up our field program in the end of December. So we're a little bit unique. We're in the Yukon, which is you know seen as northern and remote. But because of our infrastructure, that, that gives us a bit of an advantage. And if COVID hasn't, hadn't have struck, we would have been drilling late February and all through March before spring breakup. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that's going to give us quite an advantage in a strong bull gold market because we can really take this project forward. Remind people of your track record, please. So I, uh, I'm the daughter of a geologist. My father's a PhD structural geologist. And then we spent a good part of our life out doing exploration work as well as running a very large scale alluvial mining operation in the Yukon. I ended up in the 20s taking over running it and managing it through some pretty lean gold years. So learned how to run a business, how to permit, 
uh, ran a consulting business. I worked with Ira at Kamenak uh, doing permitting and, and helping out uh, when she was just before she got taken out from, from Gold Corp. I also sat on the environmental assessment board. I, I was actually the chair of the rules committee and one of the founding board members. So I understand permitting in the Yukon and what it takes to, to do that. I've been involved in other public company boards. And, um, you know, I, I think the one thing about running a private company when it's your money is you really learn how to money, manage money well. And I treat shareholders, dollar, shareholders money like it's my own. If it was a private company, would I spend my money on that? You know, that's a, a key difference having grown up with the, the private sector background. Yeah, I think I think that's right. That's that's literally where I was going because you've been bouncing along as a four, five, six million dollar company for a while. You know, dizzy heights, back up the dizzy heights of you know mid twenties at the moment. Um, but the attitude's got to stay the same, hasn't it? Because money's money's tight. It will remain tight, and then, you know I'm just intrigued as to you know the, the mentality of the person at the top. How do you move that thing? How do you move it forward? How do you get things done and you know how more importantly and you said you've done a bit of it recently in the last week or so how do you talk to the market and get them excited about yet another small gold explorer i i think you show them that you've got a track record you've done what you said you were going to do and you show them the geological potential and the potential in the area you know yukon you can actually permit a project you know, we've got good relationships with the First Nation. There's so many districts where there are goal projects, but there are social problems. There's political risk from the countries. And I think political risk will become more significant after COVID and, and with all the debt problems that we're seeing. Um, you know, we've got amazing infrastructure, which will lower our capital cost um, if it's to become a mine. We have the two mine builders in the area, both Alexco and Victoria have Heap Leach building experience. Alexco was the principals behind that built the Brewery Creek mine and successfully operated. They have a mill, just a 10 minute drive down the road from us for, you know, if we should find something that should, should end going to a mill. Victoria Gold's Heap Leach mine is just 30 kilometers as the crow flies. You know, you could potentially put in a, a heap leach facility and pipe the pregnant solution to Victoria Gold. But really, if we can find two million ounces at Ormac, I believe it's a standalone project. And that's really what I think people need to see is that we've got the land package, the infrastructure, the potential in the geology and the type of mineralization to have that. And that's where we get the most value for our shareholders. And that's my goal is to find that other buyer that's going to be interested in a standalone project in the Yukon. We're, we're permitted for a very large exploration program there. Um, we really could ramp it up very quickly on that project. And there's not very many areas where you can do that and where you see a project where you have as many targets as we've already developed. We spent a lot of time on that. You know, Airstrip and Powerline are just two targets and they're open in all directions. We, we think there's the potential for another calcareous horizon gold bearing in between the two. There's about a kilometer of difference. We have Oryx Hill, which is a 10 kilometer gold and arsenic anomaly with known gold up to eight grams right at surface. Uh, we have that target with that miner that took out that over 60 gram material right from surface. That's just on the western end of our airstrip. Targeting some of those high grade northwest trending veins is something we certainly think is a, a valuable target for us, getting higher grade. And then, you know, there's there's the potential for buried intrusives. And we've done a lot of work on structural analysis from LIDAR and the geophysics and worked with the brilliant structural geologists at Alexco to come up with some blue sky buried intrusive and structural targets, which, which you know, we, we'd like to drill. So, you know, I can easily find 10,000 or more meters of very 
high priority targets on the ORMAC. And that's not even going to the, the potential for silver or other areas on the property where we don't even have a soil sample. So. Right. With the money you've got? With the money we've got and the money we're bringing in the till, we could already say that we could drill 3,000, 3,500 meters. Uh, and we'll see if that that other uh, 1.7 comes in in the, the next few weeks. And, and then we'd, we'd be able to announce upsizing the program. Okay. And it, let, let's say... In a perfect world, that all comes in. Mm -hmm. That'll take you through to, sounds like the beginning of, well, you need to work out what your drill plan is, but would, would that money allow you to get you to a position where you think you could raise money at attractive rates in the, in the marketplace? I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, what do you think you, you've got to find or be able to deliver to be attractive to you know, funders in the marketplace? Because like I say, it's just an, it's a, it, it's another story, another similar story otherwise. So what do you think that looks like? Oh, yeah, I, I think that 3,500 meters, you know, we're pretty confident that the 1,500 meters, uh, people will already see that we can take that resource over a million ounces, uh, which I think is a psychological threshold for some people having an actual million ounces. 900 is close, but it's not a million. Um, so with 4,000, 3,500 to 4,000 meters, I think we really can take this to the next level and we might very well be able to drill more than that. And then, you know, once we get beyond that, we'll have to do some metallurgy and other things to really show that we're de-risking the project and showing that it can be mined. Um, so those will come into play, uh, but that's a, a problem for a little bit further down the road. We certainly have all of that in mind, how we really need to advance this towards eventually getting you know, an economic study done on it and moving things along to measured and indicated further down the road. Uh, we've, we've certainly mapped that all out and, and we'll see how the market plays out here in the next uh, coming weeks and months. Well, you, you sound very excited about it. I think the market's um, got excited about it. Um, I'm interested in the plan that you've, you've laid out. I'd be more interested seeing you when you deliver it. So pick up the phone, let us know how things mm -hmm. get on, especially on the money side of things. That, that would be great news indeed to allow you to deliver your plan. Uh, so appreciate mm -hmm. your time today, Tara. Wonderful, thank you. Thank you, Matthew, really appreciate it and look forward to coming back. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.